Okay. Um, so, Shavuos, we're going to start off with something we really said earlier in Rus, but we'll try to take it in a different uh, mahalach. We know that um, Shavuos is obviously Yom Shemit Nebatayra. Now, now the Gemara tells us the Gemara tells us that Mar Bereder Avina was a certain Amira, and if he ever needed to fast for any type of fast, there's not the concept called a Tainus Chaloim. Someone has a bad dream, a disturbing dream that they fast and they do tshuva for it. So then, so then he would fast any day of the year, including Shabbos or Yantif, if it really didn't bother him, and except for three days of the year. The three days of the year were Shavuos, Arab Yom Kippur, and Purim. Three days of the year. So the Gemara explains why. Shavuos you can't fast because you need Chati Lachem, as we know. So, Yom Shanit Nebatsaira. Purim you can't fast because it says you may Mishtev Simcha, so you have to eat. And Arab Yom Kippur you can't fast because there's a mitzvah to eat Arab Yom Kippur. And if you eat Arab Yom Kippur, it's as if you fasted on Arab Yom Kippur and Yom Kippur. The Tanai is that everybody listens. If not, then we go to the other option. So, if you came late, it was on the recording, you came late, so then, um, okay. let me tell you the Tanai. The Tanai is that you, everybody listens and nobody talks. If not, there's plan B. Always two plans in the world. Plan A and plan B. Kaita machet or machet. Okay. So, now, so he, fa- he would accept for those three days because it's a mitzvah to eat. So the Vilna Gain says as follows. The Vilna Gain says, really, all these three days have another common denominator, and they are the really all different days of Kabbalah Satira. Purim, Kimu Vikiblu. Yom Kippur, we got the Lucha Shniyas. Now you can't eat on Yom Kippur, so you have to, Arab Yom Kippur is the Suda of Yom Kippur. And Shavuot is Kabbalah Satira like we know it. And since, as we explained before, everyone agrees on Shavuos that you have to have Chatzil Lachem, you have to celebrate with eating, it's not enough to learn, and to focus on Ruchnius. So therefore, since every one of these days is Kabbalah Satayra, you're celebrating an aspect of Kabbalah Satayra, there's a mitzvah to eat, and therefore Marbaray de Rabbina will not fast on any of these days. Now, as we explained in the Rosh Yurim, Rashi tells us why is it that on the day the Torah was given, we have to celebrate with eating. You would think that everyone would agree that you just celebrate with, dedicate the day to Ruchnius. So we said Rashi says a very important thing. Rashi says, Klai Yisrael Laharais has to demonstrate, Shanoyach umekubo lahem that it's, they're very happy and still happy with the day that the Torah was given. But the day the Torah was given. Meaning we're not stuck in Nasa Benishma that our forefathers were hasty, so to speak, to say, 3,000 odd years ago. And now that we know the hardships, quote-unquote, of Torah, the challenges of Torah, how we were killed for the Torah, persecuted, massacred, massacred, etc., etc., will we still say Nasa Benishma or will we say... You know, Maksivbe, let's hear what's involved. So the Yamtif of Shavuos, we have to show and demonstrate that we're still happy with Nasa Manishma. We're so happy with the Torah, we realize how 
the Torah is the central part of our lives and therefore we have to demonstrate our Simcha. So if a person just dedicates his day to Ruchni and to Davening and to learning, so then that's not any proof that you're happy. That's what you got to do. That's the all, so to speak, of Torah. You demonstrate happiness with a party, with enjoyment, with food, being the Simcha. So therefore, on the day of Matan Torah, it's not enough to dedicate yourself to Ruchnius. You have to demonstrate the Simcha, how happy, how mekubal, how exciting Torah is, and that's done through the physical body and the party and the Simcha and the food. And that's why Matan Torah, the day Yom Shenitna you always have to have Lachem. And that's how the Vilna Gain is really all those three days have to have an aspect of Lachem. So we just take this Nakuda and we think about it, how it's not enough just to keep the Taira. A person has to demonstrate A person has to demonstrate especially on Shavuos, but it has to overflow really to the rest of the year as well. This is the day you concentrate on it. This is the day you rededicate yourself to Taira and to Nasev and Ishma and to the Simcha of Taira. But it's clear that it's not enough to just keep the Taira. Because keeping the Taira, and especially if it's half-heartedly, and especially if it's, you know, just because you have to do it, that doesn't show that you're really happy or realize the value of what Tyre is. You don't realize the value of Nasev and Ishma. We're stuck. Our fathers, uh, they, they accepted the Tyra, and we're stuck, and we have to do it. But there's a special Nakuda here that we see the Tyra and Chazal are telling us that there's an Indian to demonstrate the Simcha Satyra. There's an Indian to demonstrate how excited we are with Tyra to realize that Kiem Chayenu Varech Yameinu. Now, if you realize, now even though one second you'll say, but what about all the hardships? What about all the challenges? What about all the persecution? That's true. But in the bigger picture of things, like Ruh said, that in the bigger picture of things, for example, a very simple example, you go on, uh, you go on a class trip, right? So let's say the trip, they go to Niagara Falls. So, you know, so someone looks at the trip and they say, listen, okay, they're going to Niagara Falls. But it's so hard because you have to wake up early in the morning. It costs about $100 for the trip. And then, you know, um, you have to schlep luggage. And then you have to schlep some barbecues also to make your food. And, you know, there's so many hardships to this whole trip. Like, what a waste of time. Okay, so they also went to Niagara Falls. But at the end of the day, it was very hard. The answer is very simple. That some of the no, that's not the hardships. The trip is an unbelievable trip. We're going to Niagara Falls. There's costs to the trip. Costs eight hundred dollars. You got to schlep your luggage. You got to wake up early. But there's costs that you give in in order that when you get what do you get out of it? You get this unbelievable trip. If you realize how chash of is, of course there's costs to Torah. There's costs. There's challenges, it's not so easy, you can only eat certain things, you can only marry certain people, you can only do malach at certain times, you can't steal, you can't take ribbons, you can only dress a certain way. These are all costs, but they're not sacrifices, so to speak. These are costs for a greater thing. Someone buys a beautiful diamond ring. You say, Nabuch, they sacrificed $120,000 for the ring. They didn't sacrifice it. To them, it's the biggest simcha in the world to be able to pay the money to get that ring. A sacrifice means 
means you feel you're giving up something. It's a hardship. You feel you're giving up. You're giving up. You don't sacrifice for Tyra. If you're sacrificing for Tyra, sacrifices only go a certain amount of time. And after that, the person says, I can't, I'm done sacrificing. Now let someone else take over. There's privileges. And that's always when you read these books about Gedalim and Rabbitsons and things like that. And they portray there's so many things that they gave up. If you, right? And they sacrificed for Tyra. If you go ask that person if they sacrificed anything for Tyra, they would tell you they don't know what you're talking about. Yes, was it hard? Did they not have the fanciest house in the world? Did they not have the fanciest car in the world? Did they have the most updated whatever wardrobe in the world? Yes, those are challenges. Those are costs. But in the bigger picture of things, look what they got for it. They got diamonds. They got pearls. Those are costs that they paid for it. But it wasn't a sacrifice. A sacrifice means that I feel I'm giving up something. I'm missing something. I'm lacking something. That says, says I think, um, Rav Schwab in his Sefer on, on, on Yom Tif, he says, with, that was between Arpa and Rus. Arpa felt she was willing to sacrifice for Tyra. She's going to go to Eretz Israel. She's going to take the trip. She's leaving Maya. But then, when it got too much and it got too hot, she said, listen, I'm out of here. That's it. The Nami doesn't even want me to come. There's only so far you're going to sacrifice. Ruth didn't sacrifice anything. What did she say? She said, there's nothing that could separate us. Because there's none not giving up anything. There's only one thing in life. The most precious thing in life is Tyra. And everything that comes along is a cost. And it's something I'm willing to pay to get this jewel called Tyra. So there's nothing you could scare me with. Because when you're sacrificing for Tyra, that's a problem. Because you say you're giving up, you feel you're lacking, you feel you're missing things. When you feel you're missing things, it's going to come a point that you're just going to burst. When you realize that yes, there are costs, but what are you getting for it? You're getting Ruchni, you're getting the Chayim, you're getting a way to live, you're getting Kedusha, you're getting everything, you're getting Eilam Abba. So then all those things are just costs. No one's saying that the people... It's not going to be hard. But in the bigger picture of things, the bigger picture of things, what are they getting for that that they have to give in or give up? Not that they're sacrificing. They're willing because they're getting this Tyra at the end. And that's the aside that you have to remember when it comes to that's the, the mindset a person has to think. So wherever it takes you, you know, this happens also. I'm going to get into the world of Shaduchim over here. But a lot of times... You know, they, they, they describe, whether it's a boy or a girl, they're willing to sacrifice for Tyra. It's a very wrong mindset. You don't sacrifice for Tyra. If you, sa- if you feel like you're really missing something, and you're sacrificing, that will not last for very long. It might last a month. It might, year. it might even last ten years. It might. But when the person is not willing to realize the chashivas of whatever life they have chosen, and I'm not judging one person over the next, it's not for everybody. Klaizel is 12 shvatim. We need everybody. We need the doctors, we need the lawyers, we need the professionals. We need to tell the chachamim. There's a shevet levi, there's a shevet ruben. The shevet yisach, there's a shevet zvulim. The question is, why are you going into anything in your life when it comes to Ruchnius? Am I doing it because I realize the Chashiva Zadavar and I'm willing then to absorb the costs? No one's saying, you're not going to drive the Lexus, you're going to drive the station wagon. 
space when I think that's the old marshal. You can drive the uh, Camry nowadays. Camry like a rocket car. So you know you drive a Camry only, and you won't have the uh, Avalon. I don't know whatever the the in cars are that they drive, right? Of course, it's going to be. You're not going to get that. The question is, are you sacrificing? You feel you're missing it. If you feel you're missing it, then there's a problem because that's not going to last, and someone here is going to blow. Something's going to implode or explode. That's not going to happen. Whatever you choose to do in life, or whatever choice you make, and it doesn't mean to say you can't reconsider and things always have to be taken and reevaluated. You know, even the people are willing to take everything and whichever direction they go, life has to be reevaluated at points of uh, through time. And it's not a steer if you reevaluate and things change. But if the fact is that you're not being makar the kashivas because you're sacrificing, you're willing to sacrifice and you're giving it up, so what ends up happening is then a person only could sacrifice for for for, for a short period of time. Eventually it's gonna it's gonna leave. If you realize the kashivas of Taira and that's the next thing, that when it comes to mechanics the next door and your own children and your own self and building your own bias, it has to revolve around the kashivas and the simcha and the excitement of Taira. Because out there in the world there's a lot of more exciting things. The iPhone gets updated every six months, Kamat. Every six months is a new iPhone. If they're updating their excitement, every, that means to say we're bored after six months, right? You need the new, the new thing. If it's all exciting out there, if we're not updating our, our, our excitement for Yiddishkeit, at least every six months, to keep in tandem with them, so what do you expect? That's why, that's why there's so, such disillusionment, because there's so much out there, it's so exciting out there, of course it's a facade, of course it's all emptiness. That's why it only lasts six months. That's why you need a new toy after six months, because there's nothing internal. Everyone's looking for that illusion. Elusive happiness. Elusive happiness that you're not going to find in the world of Gashmir because it doesn't exist. But the problem is that there's a facade out there. And kids for sure can't think this way. And even teenagers and even young adults and even married couples, the same thing. They don't think this way. They're always looking for that elusive toy. And therefore they never see the Hashiva Shabbat. The focus has to be on showing and demonstrating that with the costs, that with the hardships, that with all the cooking of Arab Shulis and all the hardships, it's still a simcha to do. And that's where you put your energy into making the yantif exciting, making mitzvahs exciting. As hard as Pesach is in the cleaning, there has to be an excitement involved. It's a challenge. It takes thought and it doesn't always work. At the end of the day, it's hard. But at least if there's this avira that's, that's created, by number one, it has to start personally that you have to feel that way. And even if you don't, you have to least fake it for your kids or for your family. You have to create this. And that's really, if you don't do that, then you end up with ARPA. There only comes a point, I'm willing to give it up. Finish. There's much more exciting things out there to do, at least they think. And people who aren't, you know, mature enough to understand how nourish it is, which is almost the whole world. But especially even in our circles, it's a very hard thing to do. But if you keep on working on the Simcha Shabbat and bringing the excitement to realize that's really what Torah is all about then there's at least a fighting chance because at the end of the day the Mashal of Matisheel Solomon once said here the Mashal of Klaisel is the evergreen and the rest of the world are the other trees the evergreen thinks it's dull right it's green never changes colors it stays green a whole year the other trees they change colors but we all know when they start changing colors because they're in the throes of death they're dying right they're not really beautiful they look beautiful but what's really happening why is it changing colors that green what's that green what's the scientific chlorophyll. the chlorophyll that's the life of it when that leaves all, see really all the colors are underneath there but the life the chlorophyll 
overrides all those colors. That's the greenness. When that starts ebbing out, the life is ebbing out of it, so now all those other colors come out. Right, so the evergreen sits there and says, and says, I don't have an exciting life. Look at that exciting life. They're turning colors, and then the wind comes, and they picks them up, and it flies in there, flies in there, and they're really dead. But the problem is, it's not so easy just to say, be the evergreen, because it's much more enticing out there. The evergreen also has to be, I hate to say it, decorated, right? <laughs> you have to decorate the evergreen. It's not really such a Yiddish town. But that's really what happens is, you have to show the Kshibah you have to show the life and the excitement and the Tyra, and then maybe have a fighting chance. Now one more Nakuda, and this wasn't even anything I was planning on saying really... Um, in Shul, we'll see if it's, because I don't want to go into this Mahalik really, but, but the Mimer that I want to talk about, I'll just say it be Kitzer, because it's very important to decide, it's, it's similar to the same idea, David HaMelech's yard site is Shavuos. And really there's a, there's, there's a, a correlation between Maish Abenu and David HaMelech. Really Maish Abenu's sort of birthday is also Shavuos. Because Chazal tells us, we know he's born in Zayin Adar, but he was hidden for three months, right? So when did, when did she take him out? And really those three months were a big sakana. When did she take him out and put him on the thing? It was really Vav Sivan, Chazal tells us. On Mandam and the Gemara. Vav Sivan is three months, right? He's in Yerushiva, right? So that's when she took him out. So that's really, you can't say he was born this day, but his life really got out of danger. His nine months, he was born early, was really, so there's a correlation between Moshe Rabbeinu and David HaMelech. Chazal tells us Moshe Rabbeinu ended off the Torah with Ashrecha Yisrael. David HaMelech said, since Moshe Rabbeinu ended off the Torah with Ashrecha, so I'm going to start to heal him with Ashrei. And David Amelach, and that's why Ashrei Hoyish, she started Tehillim with that. And it happens to be in in in, um, in Tehillim, he says Ashrei many times, uh, twenty some t- twenty two times I think. Yeah, twenty two times. So there's a very interesting mimer that I saw. Rabbi Hirschel pointed it out to me um, in a sefer here on Shavuos, where he says as follows: It's a very interesting insight. He says the Torah is very. Um, let's say the word the Torah teaches us what a Yid has to do you have to do this so when Amalekan Tehillim teaches us how a Yid lives and what does that mean to say in Tehillim you find all of Ashkafa Sakhaya I'll give you an example you understand what, I'm meaning, what I mean for example um, the Torah tells us you have to keep the mitzvahs Right. Let's say this example of Ashrei for a second. How many, does it say anywhere in the Torah that you're fortunate when you keep the mitzvahs? What a schus it is to keep the mitzvahs? No, Torah says keep the mitzvahs. What you have to do? Very bland, so to speak. This is the oil. This is what you have to do. Comes Dovin Hamelech Ashrei Oish Hashaloi Halach Batasu Shoyim Ashrei Yoishev Isecha Dovin Hamelech puts, so to speak, the life, the feeling, the regesh, the neimus into the Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu just said it very, very Yisrael, We are at the end of the Torah. David HaMelech comes along and tells us, Torah is nechmod mizav, umipazrav, is the most precious thing in the world. Tamaruki toiv Hashem, achashaltimais Hashem. It's the regesh, it's the feeling, it's the sweetness of Torah. It's the geshmak of Torah. That's what David HaMelech teaches us. He teaches us the ashray. When you look at Tehillim, you see how chashev it is to be a yid. Um, for example, the Torah talks about Emun and Bitachin. Does Torah really talk Emun and Bitachin very much? No, the Torah says, um, you know, 
if Hashem, don't forget Hashem. Or Kisaimer Bilvabcha, if you're gonna say, you know, the nations are too great, no Lysir, Hashem will take care of you. It's not a foolish in the Torah. It's very and even when it's said, it's said like in a if you'll if you'll say this, don't you'll believe in Hashem. David Amalek comes along comes along and tells us Bukhabat Khabisainu, Elecha Zakuvanim Latu, Bukhabatahti Alevaisha, um Gam Kokivekala Yevaishu, David Amalek comes along and takes the Torah and he puts again Emuna, he puts Bitachin into it. He gives us the Lashin, the Lashin of the Sabres is a very interesting thing. The way he, he um he says like this, Yusaydeh ha-tayra v'ha-mitzvahs, the Yusaydehs are in the tayra. Tzuratzai ha-shleimah shal Yehudi ha-mitzalachim Hashem. But if you want to look at the picture of a Yid, who actually lives with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, through the mitzvahs, how his life is, how his Yediyas Hashem is, how his Makar Ashkochas Hashem, how his excitement in mitzvahs, what his attitude towards mitzvahs, that Dovin HaMelech gave us in Tehillim. Hashem Roi Layachzar, so on and so forth. You go through every capital in Tehillim. You see a David Amalek as he lived Taira. As he went through hard times, he was Makara Kadosh Baruch Hu's Ashkacha, his Emuna even through the hard, hard times. Oitcha Hashem Kianisani, so on and so forth. David Amalek taught us the life of a Yid who lives with Taira. Um, not only that, you see throughout, even when he went through hardships, you see Adavra Melech, even in the hardships, see what's the whole idea of seeing HaKadosh Baruch in the hardships, is that at the end you believe, sometimes you see how it turns out, sometimes you don't, but you know, if you really believe in HaKadosh Baruch and in HaKadosh Baruch that the end actually will come out L'tayva. The challenge is being makir that while you're taich tzara. Vani bechastav avatachti ashiru l'Hashem kigamal aloi. In the tzara itself, David Amelech is singing Hashem's praise because he already knows that this is on the way and this is really the taiva. There's a concept also of not just keeping the mitzvahs. There's a concept of concept of not just keeping the mitzvahs because Hashem told us to but rather our keeping the mitzvahs because it's the Ratz and Hashem not because we're obligated to do because we want to do something that Hashem wills us and the world to have because of the Ratzin of Hashem and that encompasses even things we're not obligated to do even if we don't have to do it but we want to do it because that's the Ratzin of Hashem David HaMelech tells us Everything I do in my life, I have the light of Torah telling me how to do it. Now, even though I'm not obligated perhaps to do that, but David HaMelech is saying, if I understand the Ratz and Hashem is through the Torah, from your mitzvahs I understand how to live. I'm not doing the mitzvahs because I want to I'm doing them or because I have to. I'm sorry I'm not doing them because I have to I want to do the mitzvahs because this is the Ratzin of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. that comes that demonst- is demonstrated by an Ava between Kohai Yisrael HaKadosh Baruch Hu. another thing the terrorist is how do you love Hashem doesn't the Torah how to love Hashem? The Ramam tells us, how do you come to love Hashem? Start being misbinding in the Bria. Look at the Bria. See the Shemaim, see the Oretz. 
Doesn't say anywhere in the Torah about that. What did Davin Amel tell us? Hashemayim is up in Klaytel. Masiyadav Magidarakia. Throughout Tel and throughout the Hanalukas that we say in the morning, we talk about how the Bria talks about a Kaddish Baruch Especially Shabbos, we say about it even more. Davin Amel came along and taught us well, how does one demonstrate his Avas Hashem? How does a person? How does the person develop their Avas Hashem? And then there's Bechlal, the idea of Dveikas Ba'Kadosh Baruch Hu, connecting with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ta'ayil Tarek Alafi Kemayim Ki Nafshi Sarek Elecha Sama Nafshi Lelekim This is a very high madrega when a person has what we call his Shtaikikus He has this thirst and his desire to connect with HaKadosh Baruch Hu Sama Nafshi, I'm so thirsty because I want to be Dabit HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't say anywhere in the Torah that there's a chiv but a person who lives with the Rabbi with the Torah Bishlemus will come to the Madreg of Tzamalach it's something a person should strive towards to Tzamalach so Dovna Melech and this goes on and on there's many examples Tshuva is the same thing as well Tshuva where is it saying the Torah Tshuva Bishavad Hashem Lekech of Isvadu if you look at Rabbi Yaina Rabbi Yaina Shari Tshuva has 20, 20 um, um, levels of Tshuva 20 ways of Tshuva and most of them are based on Sukkim and Tehillim Dovna Melech Dovna and so on and so forth Dovna Melech teaches us how a person to be embarrassed so on and so forth so many concepts in Tzvilah we learn from Dovna Melech so Tehillim so to speak is the, the it complements the Torah the Torah comes along that Moshe Rabbeinu came along and he gave us the Yisraeli Torah and Torah Gamitzvah and he ended off with a very big remez Ashrecha Yisrael Tavon said that's where I take over I'm going to give so to speak the life into it the regish into it the Tzimchit into it the Amuna into it the Bitochen into it and that's how Tavon lived his life and all of the Tehillim were really songs Shiras of his own life it's called right if these are his own shear that he sang throughout every tkufa when he was up when he was down Dovr HaMelech had bad tkufas and that's another thing to learn from Shavuos from Dovr HaMelech and Rus is that no matter who you are you could become big Dovr HaMelech for years they thought he was a mamzer right? his brothers they sent him out to the field it was all maisa because again the whole machlekes with mayavi v'loy mayavis so um so um, Yishai he divorced his wife he, he separated from his wife after he had his children because he was nervous maybe the halacha is that um, that um, since his grandmother was Rus so all his children are Psulim so the only way he could he, he had an Eitzah how to make sure his kids were in Psulim so his Eitzah was he was going to marry his Shifcha and then his kid is an Eved and then he'll free her and the kid will be freed we have this in uh, Chumash a little bit so he, he took his Shifcha but then the wife his wife made a deal with the Shifcha they're going to switch places and, um, and she became Mubaris' wife she became pregnant so how did she become pregnant if she was separated from her husband must be she was Mazana so they thought that Amalek was a Mamzer and it happens to be all the kids he, he looked different he, was, he had red flat hair and he was light and everyone else was dark Mamash looked different than the other kids so it was Nicker that perhaps it was from a different father and they sent him out to the fields right and when Shmuel Navi came to anoint the, the, the kids right, to, to anoint the Malach he, he didn't bring out David and there's this he said these aren't any of them right Oh, we have a Psamamzer, all the thousand in the field, we'll bring him in. Right? The same like Ruth. Where does Ruth come from? Ruth comes from Mayav. Mayav is the biggest Aver in the world. The father lives with the daughter, has a kid that we're going to call Mayav, which is from Lush and Mayav, Mayav from the father. Right? Where does Ruth come from? from and then she's, 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 she comes from the palace of Mayav. She's from the lowest of the lows of Ramalek is also. And where do they end up? 
I was the one that they, they were disgusted with. They sent me out in the field. I'm the mamzer for years. I was considered the mamzer. Right? I ended up being the tap. Rus becomes Engle Malchus. Right? That the Ramelch, the Rus, they didn't have easy lives. And yet the Ramelch was able to put the Gantzer Regesh and Gantzer Chayim into the Torah and to teach it to Klai Yisrael. And that's why the Ramelch said, when Shabbat ended up with Asherachah, I'm going to start with Asherachah. And that's the side of Shavuos. You have to walk out of Shavuos thinking, Ashrei Ha'ish. Am I really walking out of here feeling that I'm the most fortunate person in the world? Klai Yisrael, we're fortunate to be Klai Yisrael. The Simcha is a Bikudi Asher Mishar Mesamchelev. Mitzvah Shambara Meiris Einayim. If the real is the Simcha entire, the Gishmak entire, the Amunah entire, the whole Regesh Achayim, living with the Rabbi Nishalaylam, that's what David Amalek teaches us. But David Amalek being Nifter on Shavuos shows us how integral that is to the Yantiv and how integral that is to Tyra. He didn't get the Tyra Shavuos and now we'll celebrate David Amalek on Rosh Hashanah or on at some other time. No, they have to be intertwined together. David Amalek has to be intertwined with Moshe Rabbeinu and with Shavuos because without the Tehillim of David Amalek, without the Regesh Achayim, without everything that David Amalek portrayed in Tehillim, so the Tyra has a very hard time of being the Skyim. We have a very hard time of convincing ourselves and convincing our children that Kiyem Chayenu it's a very hard thing to do it. It's not something that you know we're adding into the Torah, you add in the Simcha. You know, do what you're supposed to do in Zehu. It's not like that. You see, clearly it's not like that. You need both of them. Avad at the bottom line, even when it's not exciting and it's not Kishmak, you still have to keep the Torah. Avad, you need that. That's why there's Ava and there's Yira. You need both. When the Ava peters out, you still need the Yira. Avad, you need that. But you only have a fighting chance that there's any key to the whole thing if you put in the Dabra Melech and the Ava to it. And that's the lesson here of Shavuos. That's the lesson of the Chatsi Lachem. And it's really a lesson for life, hopefully. You keep that in mind. And of course, there's going to be ups and downs. That's life. That's what it's all about. But every once in a while, you have to take stock of what's going on. Because you just, you know, things start to you just roll with the punches, so to speak. You keep on going. Every once in a while, you have to make a stop and say to yourself, you know what? Is this, am I going where I want to go? What improvements can I make? How can I make it more gishmak? How can I make my davening more gishmak? How can I daven at all? Whatever it is. How can I make the Shabbos Suda? Whatever it is, sometimes you have to cut corners in different places in order to gain in other places. And, you know, what, what, what used to be for some person like a Yaharik Valyavar, you know, so to speak, that, uh, that 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 when it comes to I don't know I don't want to give Michelle and people shouldn't think what's hard what's easy but sometimes when it comes to a yontif or a Shabbos or anything involved in tzitznius whatever it is there's certain things that have been you know yaharg valyavar not mitzvahs here I'm talking about you know I only use China or something like that you know what I mean that comes a point that because of that thing that you're stuck in you lost the whole neimus of everything everyone's suffering for it you know you know there are, there are, I, I know people have told me they have memories of of the dreaded the Pesach say because they knew their mother would make them stay up till 4 o'clock washing all the dishes you know what I mean they could the whole Pesach say it was like get done so we can wash the dishes to go to sleep you know what I mean so at that point why because whatever it was because it's an Indian to have the dishes I'm not saying there's not not taking away but if you're losing the whole emus from the whole thing so then you have to take back and say is that really what we have to do or is there something else we could do to to, 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 uh, to balance it out but if but if it, everything is just you know 
as someone said recently to me about a certain place, the son of the yeshiva, and he said the problem with the manal is that you can't legislate um, uh, his lashon was uh, Kedusha or whatever it was you can't legislate um, Tyre and Mitzvah you know ordering it this is it you gotta give you gotta give the Gishmak in it and then it comes Memela again I was pointing out that even when it's not Gishmak you still gotta do it now but at the end of the day if you don't give this Avirad you're not convinced of it yourself you gotta start off with your own being convinced of it so you're convinced of it yourself and somehow you know sometimes you gotta make a Gishmak and you make you gishmak and you give to this the simcha sachayim shabai and you and you give it into in the, what David Amalek tells us ashrecha that you really could say about yourself that I really feel proud to be a yid and to keep Tyra and to keep mitzvahs and to have yamtiv be able to say you know stand up to keep your head high and really be proud of it that's what the yamtiv of Shmuel is all about is instilling the pride in Tyra and mitzvahs that's the pride the pride is only when you realize how gishmak and how great it is and what the end of the line is even if it has its hardships and its cost to it but if you realize that then you have a fighting chance at least in the world that we're in and that's um, the aside over here that we need to come out with from the Yontif of Shavuos